I'm Amy, sex educator, somatic sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. Hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Chip, this is the first day in all of Shameless Sex that we're recording a podcast on the day we're releasing. Are you sure about that? Have I we ever like done that before? I feel like it, we've done that before. Really? I mean, I'm not trying to pop your bub. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> but I think this might so. be the second or third time. Um, we don't usually <laughs> do this, everyone. The day that we're releasing, uh, we usually have recorded a week or a day at least. My microphone's advance. never smelled like armpit before, and it kind of does too today. Did you put it under your arms? I don't think so. I but I did not wear deodorant. Does it smell like cat litter? No. But you okay. know what? P.S. I switched to natural deodorant, speaking of armpit stank, and uh-huh. it doesn't work. Uh, natural deodorant? Everybody has their their whole theory. A couple of the the theories are that you have to get used to it. Yeah. Your body has to acclimate. But I will tell you my theory because I've been using, making my own hippie deodorant. I know, you're a kitty litter deodorant. I started doing this in 2016 (laughs) and I make it with coconut oil. Baking soda? Baking soda, a little bit of cornstarch and then lavender oil. Sometimes a little tea tree oil. And it did take me, I don't know if it was my body acclimating to it. I think it was me getting more used to that. But it's hormonal for me. I have days of the month where I just, like one armpit is just on fire. And then I have a lot of days where there's nothing at all. And so I think that's just natural. It made me feel like I was sweating more. And I, I mean, it's not I an did. Antiperspirant. I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I just didn't want to smell like CVS anymore. But I definitely don't want to smell like BO <laughs> either. So I'm really stuck in this. With this limbo yeah. of well, a world. One thing, too, is I always keep a little mini uh, version in my purse, so I just reapply throughout the day. I think I need to do that. Maybe I just chop a little section off of it. When you think about it, putting on an antiperspirant next to our breasts, something that makes it so we can't naturally do what our body wants to do, sounds pretty bad. Like, it sounds pretty bad for the body. I agree. That's why I'm trying to switch. But I just... That's funny. You're switching, and now at trade shows, I actually wear deodorant for you. <laughs> I know, because I'm like, Amy, yeah. kitty litter. I mean, I, it, in my kitty litter deodorant, <laughs> does work for me most of the time. But there are some times where, based, and I haven't figured out where it is in my cycle, yeah. where um, I'm more pungent than I normally would be. But there's just like a, you know two or three days where I'm like, wow, even... Nothing is cutting it right now. It's just not. I'm possible. I'm trying to go completely scent free and everything. Uh, oh, I yeah. watched this documentary on Netflix called I think it's called Stink. I think it is called Stink. But anyway, Great it was name. talking about how this is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. How because perfume slash uh, fragrance is considered a trade secret or a recipe, they don't need to disclose the ingredients that are in fragrance. So if anything says fragrance, it means it has carcinogenic properties and it can actually uh, screw up your hormones in general. Hence why some people get massive migraines from just smelling a fragrance. Yeah, like your mom. Yeah, uh-huh. She does. But uh, also for young developing humans, it's really bad for their systems because it can screw up their hormones, which can delay at all sorts of, you know, interactions that your body has with, with what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. at certain times. So anyway, I'm giving it up in household products I have done. That's easier. But even like seventh generation has fragrance. 
So that's natural yeah. in quotation marks, air quotations. But Shit, it's I just no, I didn't buy seven. I've been. I, it's that's hard. And then certain household chemicals as well. So cleaning with baking soda is great. Mm. Uh, it's not or as vinegar. effective. Or vinegar. Or vinegar. Yeah, very effective. But it's really difficult. Start looking, everybody out there in listening land, at your products and what has perfume and or fragrance. I switched my lotion to like Staff of Life lotion. Mm. It's it's uh, it's actually has essential oils Staff for fragrance. The, are the best little groceries, hippie grocery yeah, store Yeah, it's in only Santa in Santa Cruz, Cruz sorry, for everywhere else. And I switched my body wash and my hair products, but deodorant's been really challenging for me. And I still wear, like, my really expensive, fancy French perfume. I Re- can't give that up. Remember the thing about sunscreen when we were in Kauai, and I was like, oh, sunscreen's yeah. the one area that I don't budge. Well, I now budge. Uh, also because I was out on the west side, of, it was with, with my friend, I'm not going to say, almost said her name, who lives out there. <laughs> there and she was you were on the west side of on the west side of maui oh of maui okay and because my whole thing was that i would still use my chemical sunscreen because it's it's like easier more convenient and uh, easier to apply and rub in and if, and in terms of it talk being toxic for my body i am i'm only using it like a couple days out of the year why don't you just use mud out. come on well, you hippie i'm not hanging out in the sun <laughs> all the time just use some mud but, but my friend out there was like it kills the reefs have you seen what happens when you go in the ocean and it creates this whole you see this whole film and i was like oh yeah it's not just about it being a problem for my body it's a problem for the rest of the world so now i'm i'm on i bought this local one in maui that's this thick white zinc kind of paste but it does actually rub in but it's locally made mm-hmm. it's reef friendly it's body friendly i've always thought that good. about the sunscreen affecting the reefs yeah. because you can really see it, and people load it on before and then they get right into the water i'm like how is that yeah, why'd you do that's that? so counteractive yeah. i mean just put it on earlier and then go into the water after it seeps into your skin anyway i am totally in support of that amy good job way to save the reefs and there's one other thing that uh my another commitment this year one so that's there's more body friendly and environmentally friendly products Um, also i don't know if we talked but we talked about our new year's resolutions but um another commitment that i had made was my uh, my partner and I both made was to be much more um, conscientious about our uh, animal product consumption, mm. and so we now for this year are not uh, we're we're not buying not buying pork or beef um, at all, and if oh, we good. buy chicken, it has to be um, more from more sustainable. Like the yeah, and we're not going to buy the $30 whole chicken. I'm I'm going to wean my you know work my way up to the $30 expensive chicken like my bank account can't afford that at this point. But it but but we're, so right now I'm doing the the more like free range happy chickens like the chickens that's the, that are more ethically raised and then they're not jacked up with hormones and they're organic and they lived uh, a decent life, but I do want to make my way to only pasture raised happy chickens. And then so anyways, doing more of that. You know, if someone and we were, if someone serves me me, I'm not going to be like, where is this from? I'm not going to do that. Uh, but that's another commitment that I have this year because it's pretty crazy. I know this is a podcast on sex, but I just want to like point this out that it's pretty crazy that we think a carton of eggs should be three dollars or two dollars, and that a whole you we should be able to get a whole chicken from Costco for five dollars. That is a whole animal. That is a life, and be and because of the way the market has, has gone, because people are charging so little money to make it affordable for people, and people are buying it, it creates the demand, and these little creatures are living in fucking hell, dude. People and the people that are consuming these products don't want to look at those videos. I know, no, because one wants I've to see tried it. to bring it up before to people that I know are avid fast food goers. I'm like, you should check out this video on 
what happens at factory farms. Like, no, April, you're going to ruin my day. Yeah. And I'm like, but that's what you're eating. Yeah. And I've tried, I was a vegetarian for, I think, almost 15 years of my life. And that was one of the reasons because of factory farms. And I love animals so much that I'm like, but I love them. Everyone's like, we're carnivores. We're supposed to eat meat. But I'm like, we were supposed to season our vegetables with meat. We're actually or hunter gatherer days. They wouldn't because they eat would meat every day. No, they had or if they had like they killed a deer, they would feed off of it for months. And then you might not get another one for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, like you exactly. Were, yeah, it's yeah. Look so. at you should look at the um the statistics of what how like cancer in meat eating, primarily meat eating countries like mm-hmm. the UK and the US versus Laos, which is primarily vegetarian, like per person it just goes up with the amount of health care we need versus poverty-stricken countries that can't really afford meat. It's, yeah. r- it's mind-blowing. It'll yeah. blow your mind. And I'm definitely, yeah, I'm someone that my, my body, and I think it's also related to my blood type, does need some sort of animal protein, but I can do it in a conscientious way. I don't need it for yeah. every meal. I don't need it every day. I just ate, like, absolute garbage for the last couple of, no, like, week. I just was eating cheese that I never usually eat, and... She's more meat than usual <laughs> and yeah and i'm like i'm so gassy <laughs> i'm like oh duh that's because i've been yeah. nailing and by the way i don't feel as good when i'm eating all that food yeah. i feel like i feel gross like it doesn't help me feel sexual like oh, at night i like food. sit in bed and i'm like <laughs> oh excuse me yeah here come fuck me now no just kidding yeah, let's do some anal let's do anal right now <laughs> Looking for that. That sounds like a great idea. So that was a nice tangent. But you know what? It was a tangent about useful information. Totally. I think that's that's really useful. And I also like that, um, you know, I think it's our listeners listen to us for sex. And when we bring in other information that's not related to sex. Crystals. Hopefully. Crystals and gems. (laughs) Crystals and gems. (laughs) Hopefully we're uh, (laughs) maybe opening up some of y'all's eyes to things that you're not usually exposed to. So, um, yeah, that's our our rant. And... We have a podcast today. It's called Beyond Monogamy with Jamie Joy, who will intro in a second here. They've been um, on our podcast before. Was it almost a year ago? They yeah, they were here, yeah, maybe over a year ago. I it was in the earlier part of the podcast. It was I think, I think it, was, it was February of last year, I wanna say. It was no. October. Uh, oh, and it was eight. Oh, October oh, of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh huh. And it was. Uh, it was. I recorded with just Jamie, right? Uh, you weren't there. No, oh, I April's was there. there. Okay. It was. Uh, it was at your house. and trans sex. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So October of twenty seventeen. Go back to whatever episode that is. It's called Queer and Trans Sex with Jamie Joy. Um, you can learn more about that topic. Jamie is awesome, and we'll intro them in one moment. Um. One personal thing I just want to say really quickly, and then a um, couple shout-outs, and then we'll dive into Let's the podcast. Let's get personal. April, I had personal. This, this breakthrough um, oh, in my sex life, and I just want to give you a little, just, a, just it's, it's, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I realized I was having sex with my partner the other day, and I realized that it, while we were having sex, I, I would became somehow an observer of how I get in my own way when my partner's touching my body, how I start to go into this process of trying to be in control of like, oh, that's going to be too much. That's not going to be right. And th- oh, I don't know if my ass is ready for you to touch it. And, th- and, and I just, I've been uh, kind of um, letting it just run wild for like two years without noticing it. And I have, and I do notice the, th- I've no- I notice thinking, right? I'm like, oh, thinking, come back to the touch. But I don't notice the type of thinking that it's putting on all of these 
kind of this armor and boundaries to protect myself in a way that happened kind of after the abortion and all that stuff. Anyways, so long story short, when I noticed that, that I, um, my, I, because of that thought process, my body clamps down because it's trying to protect itself by thinking that something's too much or not enough. Um, as opposed to being present for what's there and just surrendering to the touch. And I was like, when I noticed it, all of a sudden my body relaxed and I was like, oh yeah, my partner can touch me anywhere right now Hmm. because I feel safe with them and I trust them and it's not going to kill me and it's not, they're not going to do anything. That's because we have this consensual agreement and and it just, it was like, it was life changing in that moment. I just like saw my, the ways I get in the way and the fact that I am trying to control things to make it just right, which is not helping. Yeah. So I just so and, and you have to be mindful of that. Amazing now regularly. sex. That yeah. I, you know that feeling when you're like, oh my god, you can like you can penetrate me in any hole right now, and I like I I this I nostril you. looks perfect for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like that. It was like there's nothing you could do right now that would be too much. Like I fully surrender to you. I fully trust you. I don't have any walls up, and I and I hadn't felt that in a while, and it was awesome. So just out to the listeners there, um, we talk about lis- listening to your thoughts to thoughts when they're happening, but also notice the type of thoughts and if they're contributing to some of the armoring, if you're trying to control everything. I realize my struggle is with sex initiation. That's what I've struggled with a lot. Like you're, you don't think that you're that wonderful at initiating sex? I, I, I know that I'm not. And it's so funny because I love being initiated in an experience because I feel wanted, but I can't necessarily find the power to initiate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I'm mindful of. This is something we've talked about that we can initiate passively, right? You can just walk in down the stairs in your sexy lingerie and just walk to the kitchen and like maybe shake your booty on the way. You just initiated sex without having to really do anything, right? It it screams sex. Yeah. That's kind of all you... But it's funny because once I get into bed and cozy and in the morning I'm totally useless like in like initiating anything I'm like yeah and then when I get into bed and I'm all cozy and it's cold out I just want to like snuggle that's so there's the the desire to to initiate is less yeah of course that makes sense so I'm working on that I'm trying like I was like oh I'm gonna really work on that this week yeah yeah to push yourself yeah especially after I get off the dairy Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Anyway, that's awesome. So uh, we should give a shout out, though, because it is almost Valentine's Day. I know. Speaking of feeling sexy. Speaking of feeling sexy, Y'all should check out the 12 Sexy Days gift box. Well, we decided that, we decided this with like Christmas and, well, Hanukkah's eight days, so that's awesome. Shout out to our Jewish friends. Kwanzaa's one day. You get eight days of gift giving and receiving. Um, but for Valentine's Day, it's just one day, and um, why not make it 12? And it's also, I think, in an awkward space. I think it's like on Wednesday this year. So you could actually space Third, it out yeah. that whole week, yeah. do something sexy on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or you could give someone Bijou's 12 Sexy Days, which is the little box that has little 12 different things that you open each day that has a wonderful, sexy gift. Everything from a blindfold, a tassel choker, sparkly nipple paste. Body um, jewelry. There's like a necklace. Garters. Ooh. Whip necklace. Ooh, a tickler. All kinds of fun, sexy things. It's a $500 value and it's only, it's under 200 bucks. And you get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESS on their website too. So a great gift. And you can give someone 
this on Valentine's, you give them before Valentine's Day, and the final one that they open is on Valentine's Day. Or if you want to be different, you could get their horoscope line. If you want to just give one gift, yeah, right? Yeah. That's cute, too. Horoscope's awesome. Yeah. It is really cute. You, so there's 12 different choices depending on the month they're born in. So uh-huh. Amy's a Pisces. I'm yeah. a Cancer. You get a little necklace you get of the a gem. Necklace, and then you get a little finger vibe, uh-huh. and you get some clitoral balm that is either earth, wind, fire, or water, depending yeah. on what... Uh, sign you are and Amy you were both water signs I love my water signs I'm gonna cry on you right now because I'm a water sign cry away yep. <laughs> cry away your feelings are welcome here um, well and the good cool thing about the horoscope is that it's personalized it's yeah. like it's personalized to that person like I really thought of you and it's under 50 bucks I wear my possible. necklace because it's this beautiful green color all the time and people constantly com- compliment me on it and I'm like you should check out bijouindiscrets.com the best. check it out but I think Pure Pleasure has it as well we have it at Pure Pleasure yeah you can get them at Pure Pleasure can you or, get 15% or, yeah. off yep Pure Pleasure is, sh- is the coupon code to SHAMELESSPP in all caps. So you get 15% off. So on. you have two options right now that we're giving you for Go Valentine's through. Day, folks. So give the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. 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 Give, and put some thought in that gift and make it sexy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, last shout out before we dive in is our good friends at OMG Yes. I love OMG Yes more than any uh, any sex ed book or program I have ever seen. It, is it actually is better, I think. It's amazing. Because it's interactive. It's actually so realistic because they use so many, 2,000 different humans yeah. in their study about pleasure. It's So it's, uh, it's an online sex ed um, season where you get to learn about external vulva pleasure. So this is for female-bodied folks. Whether you have one or you are an admirer of one, it will teach you some techniques. Even if you know everything about orgasm and what your body or another what body likes. Just checking out what tons of different vulvas look like. That's what I did. That I was too. like, what does my vulva look like compared to a lot of vulvas? And every... Like, like, come as you are, the author Emily oh, talks about. Oh, they're going to be a guest on our and show. She's yes. coming on our show. Yeah. But uh, she says that no matter what, every it's like a fingerprint. Every vulva is different. Yep. And so you can actually maybe find one that kind of looks like yours, or maybe you're just interested in vulvas in general. Well, even know. aside I, from the it's diversity. so cool to look at. Le- no, the diversity of the way that vulvas look, but the diversity of all the options in the menu of how you can touch them. Yeah. Right? Like, it's different for everyone. And for that one person who thinks they like one technique, you try this other thing, they, it might be mind-blowing. They might love that even more. So why not add more sexy things to the menu that you can do for yourself, for your own pleasure, or to pleasure someone else? Yeah. And it's super cheap. That it's, could be another good, good gift like to give someone affordable. or yourself for... Yeah. Any holiday? Hell yeah. There's yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up too. You can give yourself a gift. Give yourself the gift of a million orgasms for you. Your yeah, own pleasures. <laughs> All of the pleasures. Yeah, so if you go check it out, go to OMG. Yes, that's O-M-G, like, oh my God, OMGYES.com backslash shameless. You get $5 off. And it's and well worth it. It's totally worth it. And it's just, you get, when well, you pay a one-time fee of like 39 bucks, you own season one forever. You can watch it over and over and, and over And the again. last bit of that amazingness of that is that you're supporting another research project which they're almost going to release i think anytime now on anal play then they're going to do one for penis owners so it's ongoing and that money is being used for well they're about to release season two which season is two going to be internal vulva pleasure Ooh. so g-spot pleasure i'm super excited about that because i want to learn more ways to stimulate my g-spot yeah me too Ooh, yeah i can always learn more things okay let's dive in the podcast Everyone, beyond. I know because Jamie is in person. Yeah, Jamie's right here, and they've been waiting. They've been waiting so patiently. patiently. I've been waiting so patiently. Yes, Jamie (laughs) is the most patient. So, everyone, Jamie here uh, was, as we said, with the taught the or did the podcast on queer and trans sex. Jamie is a sex educator. Jamie, can you just 
tell her, I'll let you intro yourself. Tell our listeners who you are, what you do, et cetera, et cetera. I would love to. I know. It's like, how do you introduce me? There's Jamie's there's awesome. Lot to say. We'll say that. Super awesome. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I am a sex educator and I have been, wow, I've been, I think I've been teaching people about sex since I was 18, but probably in high school too, because I was a little bit of a freak and people would come and want to ask me all the questions about everything. Um, and I actually knew that I was non-monogamous when I was in my first relationship when I was 16. So I've had, well, I've had quite a lot of years of field work um, in, in the world of uh, dating multiple partners um, and being polyamorous. And so I'm really excited to be here today to share um, all the things I've learned from my wonderful relationships and the ones that have uh you know the mistakes that i've made (laughs) are non-monogamy and polyamory they're different right yeah and i'm so glad you asked that because that's one of the first things i i talk to people about um when they're asking questions about you know this lifestyle and how to open up or um, any questions they have i i really ask people well what type of relationship are you looking for um so i like to start my classes i actually have a little icebreaker where I have people imagine if your ideal relationship was something in nature, um, what would it be? Um, And I tell them that for me, I see it as a web, like a spider web. Mm. So it's like very transparent, um, very connected, beautiful, but also a little stick sticky. Mm. You know, people, people, if people fly in and they get caught in my, in my web, like they get stuck there for a little bit um, (laughs) cause they get excited and they see how connected and transparent everything is. But, um, so that's, that's, that's kind of how I like to, um, get people to start to imagine like what they would, what their ideal relationship structure is. And a lot of people I don't think have been asked that or given an opportunity to even, um, like, to create it on for themselves. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. They, I like th- I like that because you're essentially saying you're all different. Figure out mine's a spider web. What's yours? You know, what you we get the diversity of what it's a black you, hole. No. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is black mold. Yeah. <laughs> Just eats away. No, Just yeah, eats yeah, away, like, consumes you. Yeah. I like that. Or I, my my vision was if it was in nature, my vision would be um, like the because like, a lot of birds are uh, are very mon- monogamish, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of birds kind of mate with one partner for life, but sometimes they go play with a neighbor birdie. I think I'm a little more like that. <laughs> exactly. What about you? I'm just a raccoon. <laughs> what um, does that mean? Eating out of the garbage can. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. And people in the class say so many fun yeah. things. I just try to be funny. That's really why I said raccoon because they're mm. cute and they're like little bandits. People will say like, oh, like a solar panel, like they come <laughs> up with such weird stuff. Um, and and but I've also heard people say, you know, my ideal relationship structure would be like a very rooted tree. Like mm-hmm. it has deep roots, but it's able to branch out in like light, wispy, casual encounters. And trees are all working together underground, which is that's another yeah. interesting oh, that's part. That's just redwoods. No, all trees are, are <laughs> all they're communi- they communi- like communicate. Redwoods are the coolest. All the, all the trees are, yeah, redwoods sh- are sharing nutrients, but all yes. trees are communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. They have like a whole system where if there's something bad happening yes. to one tree down the way, they let the other trees know and the other trees actually change things in themselves mm-hmm. to protect themselves. I think mine would be the ocean. Because it's like ebbing and flowing, and sometimes it's really messy, you know, <laughs> messy and turbulent. And 
Uh, sometimes it's just more calm, so calm and yes. it goes with the cycles of the moon, like my <laughs> attitude. <laughs> so yeah, it's actually funny you say that because a lot of the times I use the moon and the ocean and the waves as like a metaphor for what I call the polytides. Um, mm. And because sometimes, you know, th- big shifts happen in our world, in our relationships where we need dynamics to change. And I, I kind of normalize that by saying, oh, the polytides are shifting mm. and that, 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 and that's okay. And mm. that's okay for relationship dynamics to sometimes have to ebb and flow into different, into different dynamics. Like, you know, yeah, that resonates with me so much. I just relate so much of my life t- to the tides mm. and I'm not, I, I am a monogamous human. Um, I think that I'm excited to learn more about non-monogamy because uh, yes. it seems so complicated, but maybe it's not as complicated as I mm. presume. Well, I, I do want to answer your original question, which was the like difference, the difference yeah. between polyamory and non-monogamy, um, which really, if you kind of break down the words, you can understand the difference. Like, So you break down polyamory, poly being multiple and amory being love. Um, so polyamory is really like fostering these multiple love connections, um, however those look. But it's different from non-monogamy, which you break down non-monogamy, you have non being not, mono being one, and gami being a union. Mm-hmm. So non-monogamy is really more looking at people who aren't in one union. They're in multiple unions. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't always get used interchangeably. Sometimes they do, but I think it's important for people to know that those words can mean, mean different things for different people. Um, so if you're like coming into a relationship and you're like, Oh, I'm polyamorous. And one person's like, Oh, I'm not polyamorous. I'm more non-monogamous. You know, it's like, it's, it's good to kind of understand like that there's differences for people with that, you know? A lot of people are rocking the monogamish these days. Mm-hmm. Monogamish. What That's is uh, we tell our listeners what when they refer yeah. to monogamish? What they're saying? Yeah, and and so I think there's it's fun to see. There's a lot of like fun words that people come up with. So monogamish being like I'm most mostly monogamous, but sometimes I I like to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes I want to have like a fun night out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like getting like a hallway pass, yeah. you know, yeah, hall or, pass. or you want to go to maybe some, some play parties. Or mm-hmm. I mean, you would call, you could call like swingers could be a monogamish in a monogamish could be like the umbrella term for some things like swinging yes. or for having threesomes or things like that. Absolutely. In, yeah, yeah. Different people t- into your relationship. And I even I, in my classes, I also talk about the difference between swinging and being open. Mm. Um, so a lot of people, again, use those intercha- interchangeably and, um, Ultimately, I think that can cause miscommunication in a relationship if mm-hmm. you're not really clear what these words mean to you. So I see swinging as being a more fixed type of relationship where mm-hmm. you're you're really um, creating this specific, we're going out to this play party, this is our boundaries, this is what we're doing tonight, and we're coming home with each other. Mm-hmm. Or we're swapping couples, mm-hmm. and then we're going to all have brunch the next day or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. But there, there, it's more like a fixed um, kind of nature to it. Whereas open is more fluid mm-hmm. when someone's like, Oh, I want to be open with you. That could mean anything. Like mm-hmm. it could really encompass, I mean, talk about umbrella terms. Like, so I almost like, like to take the word open out of my vocabulary when I'm negotiating because mm-hmm. it's almost too fluid. I think it, it allows for people to sometimes like, um, not like really respect and be considerate of, another partner's or um, another lover's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost too open. Open is so open. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I, like, oh, you got jealous about this, but I thought we were open. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I, I think in my experience and all the relationships I've supported and been in, um, the word open is like, it's so charming. Like you want to be open, mm-hmm, yeah. but then it's almost like a trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A sticky web. It is kind of glorified. Sticky and, web. And, <laughs> I'm, and I think there's, you know, there's the school of thought of the folks and of the folks listening that monogamy is the way and that it is the superior way. But I do know folks who identify as monogamous, but they actually believe that open poly, et cetera, is the superior way because that there's like some, um, there's something better about it. It makes them, oh, it's, mm. and because we live in an era where it's, it's very much glorified right now. Um, there's a lot, especially in the Bay Area, it's a, it's a huge thing. And uh, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of different strokes for different folks. Whatever yes. works for you, just be, you know, mon- monogamy is your jam. Rock monogamy. And if <laughs> open or poly or whatever title you choose, use rock that. But there is no superior way to be. Yeah. And this is something that comes up with people all the time is that that shame mm. and that fear around actually being non-monogamous or being polyamorous and a lot of the times when I talk to people I I ask them like well what are um the assumptions that you've heard people make about this type of relationship structure and you see all these um really intense things come up around like oh that um I can't commit or I'm too hard to love or I'm just a slut or um I don't know how to get my needs met I'm 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 too difficult to please. Mm. Like I'm, I'm cheating. I'm unfaithful. Like the list can go on and on and on all of these negative assumptions that people make about the people who have this lifestyle. Mm. Um, so of course there's so many people that feel like, Oh, that's too hard. I don't want to give that a try. It's going to be too complicated. Or they feel shame mm-hmm. in it feeling. Yeah. What? So what? Wh- okay. So wh- I mean, like one of the questions I ask is, um, I guess like why why people choose what are the benefits of being mm-hmm. and if someone is getting a, a a yes to this what does it do for them Yeah I'm so glad you you asked that cuz um when I when I've done the 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 kind of education in the past and I had people talk about all these negative assumptions it can really like create this yeah it creates this energy in the space where everyone's like like you know how do I overcome all of those obstacles. And, um, and then I had a partner, um, after coming to my class, share with me, what if after you brought up all of the negative assumptions, you ask people to share the positive things that they've gotten out of it Mm -hmm. so that they can see, you know, the reasons why we kind of overcome our shame, Mm -hmm. overcome our, our fear. What's Um, the magic on the other side, right? That there is, that there is magic to it. And, um, and that, that magic, can be so rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. So part of it is like, I think, and this is more speaking from my own experiences, my my relationships that have been open and non-monogamous and polyamorous have been um, so transparent, so communicative. Um, and we are really, we don't really have a choice about not telling each other how we're feeling and opening up. We have to talk about our jealousy. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. There's no way around um, some of the emotions and feelings that come up. Um, so I've learned how to stop being so afraid of the word jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not like negatively sti- stigmatized for you. Right. And I've, I've learned, I've learned actually how to like uh, process my jealousy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, which I, I didn't really feel like I could do when I was only in like a, um, I'm not like if I was only dating one person at a time, I, I felt like I was able to sometimes push, 
push some things away and be like, well, it's okay because we're just together. So there's not this like larger factor that's like forcing us to do the work. It didn't do the, the work. opportunity. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, get, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about yeah. with monogamous relationships a lot of times. We've talked about this before. Like Esther Perel mentions it in one of, I think in her um, book, the what's the... Mating in Captivity. Mating in yeah. Captivity, mm. that you don't own someone just because you're monogamous with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not completely safe. Yeah, and people think that marriage it's is this a choice. secure blanket slash they're my partner, they're my monogamous partner, we're not dating anyone else. There's no security really in that. You have to communicate as much as mm-hmm. you can in non-monogamy just as much as monogamy. Exactly, and that's what I tell people when, when when people are asking me about questions around non-monogamy, I say all this applies to monogamy as well. Like, you know, the communicating, the processing, jealousy. Again, I just felt like having multiple partners, they were, they were all, like, encouraging me and supporting me to, you know, open up about my feelings. And do I've been work. doing plenty of that recently. Well, um, and I think with what we were talking before we recorded the podcast, we were talking about having the, the challenges are what makes us grow and mm-hmm. stronger and how some people want think relationships should be easy and they want the easy relationship. Exactly. But what's happening there is that you don't get something to push you to grow. So maybe in the, if you choose that your whole lifetime, this lifetime, you don't do the work to find out what's potentially more magical on mm-hmm. the other side. And this isn't just speaking to non-monogamy. This is to anything. All relationships. All relationship Absolutely. dynamics. And so I know that when we talk about non-monogamy, we're like, yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's more work because there's more communication and things that are on the table, right. more obstacles. And yet on the other side is that you grow so much. I think so my much. fear would be getting hurt by being non-monogamous and getting catching feelings for someone. Because mm-hmm. I'm so terrified half the time of... Of you know getting catching feelings, then someone catching. Not, I like you said catching. It's catching like a, the feelings. Like a, like it's like, like you a, caught a cold. Yeah. Cooties. It's I cooties. The feelings, <laughs> and then on some level, they don't love you back, or mm-hmm. they don't. They only wanted it to be a physical connection instead of this more deep emotional one. But I right. think also there is something to learn about yourself within that experience. Yeah, and that and that I I've been saying recently that you know if it feels too good or if it's too easy that it's not really healing. It's not mm. really challenging and making you grow. Exactly yeah. what you said, Amy. And so part of that is a huge benefit. And then also I I I do believe that I am having a lot more needs met than I would if I was in one relationship. Uh-huh. Um, especially because I'm the type of person that falls for people who live like an hour away from me <laughs> but I also <laughs> want to have sex like five times a week oh, yeah. See, there so you, go. you know if I if I'm like you know I, I this past five days I've like been I've been in Salinas I've been in Santa Cruz I've been in Oakland I've been with three different people that I'm seeing and um and I think what's really beautiful about having different needs met is that I have these I get to explore these really different sexual dynamics with different people like for example in one of my relationships um, my partner for a very real valid reasons does not like to receive any penetration mm-hmm. um, but I'm a, someone who likes to give mm-hmm. um, so we were together for a long time maybe like a year um, not really having sex with other people and I was starting to feel like a little um antsy you know I wasn't mm-hmm. I, w- I was like I want to fuck like, <laughs> yeah, I want to fuck yeah. someone you know like yeah. I, l- I mean don't get me wrong I'll, I'll receive anytime <laughs> and I was I was happy to be like you know receiving for so long but then you know uh, someone else came along in my life who was like the ultimate bottom and I was like wow I can have both like mm-hmm. I can like be in a relationship where 
I can respect this person's history and trauma and reasons for only wanting to give. And they can also respect me like seeking my desire to be dominant in the bedroom with another partner. And then what happens is that no one has to be pressured to do anything they don't want to do sexually. And, and I'm, I'm satisfied and I'm, I'm, I'm having my needs met. So there's magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's lots of magic in that. If, if that wasn't magical enough to talk about, imagine just living it. It's great. That's another thing that Sapparel says too, is, is that uh, if you expect to have all your needs met in the relationship, be prepared to be for, disappointed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Because like, that's oh, damn. too much pressure. No one can meet all of your needs. In fact, you're we're in charge of meeting our own needs. A lot and of and half them. the time that's hard to do. Where yeah. you're like trying to take do self care. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know you're stretching your yourself so thin. So are you suggesting if folks are interested in non monogamy, let's say they're in this long relationship or it doesn't have to be whatever it's it, it's, it's exclusive with mm-hmm. one person but they're ex- yeah, they're monogamous yes uh-huh. because I, i've had friends ask me before like how do you bring this up like i've been with my right. partner mm-hmm. and what do i do i want to try this obviously uh, it's better to communicate right, right. rather than mm-hmm. doing the opposite and coming out of integrity and just full-blown you know cheating to get your needs met right what are, <laughs> what are your suggestions for going about this process yeah and i'm i'm it's, it's so funny because y'all are like are we working with your you're notes? Just, yeah. yeah, you're oh, just I'm like really. Even, yeah. I'm just you going don't, with the flow. They're not even looking at my notes, but they're <laughs> totally like. It's like y'all. We're, we're reading my just tuned into you, Jamie. We're so synced up yes, right now. Yes, we are. <laughs> so close the moon, to you right now. the waves. <laughs> 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 but I, I definitely have some very key questions that I give people that I'm like kind of. I'd say coaching would be the right word. Yeah, I have people reach out to me and they're like, "Okay, I've been in this exclusive monogamous relationship. It's been amazing. There's nothing." wrong with the relationship right i think that's the first thing to recognize is that wanting to open the relationship doesn't mean there's something wrong with Mm -hmm. the relationship Mm -hmm. um so i give these three questions um and i always do questions in threes because it's my lucky number (laughs) (laughs) but the first question is um to ask the person what do you seek within this relationship and what do you seek beyond Mm -hmm. this relationship um so that's the first question and, and it's recognizing what you said amy that not all needs get met in a relationship. So you're actually making space for your partner when you ask that to acknowledge, oh, there's some things that I might seek from other people. Like, oh, maybe I love going hiking and you don't. And I'd love to have someone to go hiking with more often. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be necessarily sexual. It can be like companionship based also. Like, you know, there's a whole community of asexual people out there that are non-monogamous. So mm-hmm. it's not about sex necessarily. So that's the first question. Um, what do you seek within this relationship and, and what are you seeking beyond? And are you ready for the next one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need some <laughs> 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 <Grandma>, please. More. <laughs> um, and then the next one is, um, so what are your, what would be your boundaries right now? And, and I like to think of boundaries as hard boundaries and soft mm-hmm. boundaries. And that also creates like a spectrum of like, okay, right now I'm feeling like I don't like want to see you um, being intimate with anyone else, but uh, my soft boundary is that I'm I'm open to you like going on dates and and telling me how that goes and 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 checking in with me along the way. Um, or you could be like, I don't want to hear about it, but you can go on dates or whatever. Exactly. Like kind of open don't negotiation. Yeah, there's so yeah, many. Yeah, there's so many different so, so many. much negotiation variables, right? And people like create those all on their own, and I'll you know get more into negotiation. Because I would be like, soon. I don't really want to hear, but maybe I do. I right? don't know. I yeah. wonder what I'd want. Yeah. So a hard boundary is very much like, oh, if we're going out tonight to a play party like 
no having sex with other people. Um, but a soft boundary could be like, um, I'm open to, um, like seeing you kiss other folks, but in the moment I might end up not being okay with it. Can we like check back in at like 10 o'clock or, you know, it's like recognizing when you can feel it in your body, when something really doesn't feel ready to sit, to sit mm-hmm. and settle and digest. And then when something's like, oh, I could maybe try that tonight and be open to it. And it might be new for me, but you know, as long as we're, um, kind of checking in and supporting each other and affirming each other, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's maybe explore something that's new for us. So I think relationships need that sometimes is like a little bit of like, oh, this is scary for us to do something new, but you know, even like, you know, like relationships that need to sometimes get out of like kind of ruts, you know, stagnant and doesn't, stagnant, you, you yeah. don't have to get, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not just you do that. The way to get out of it is to be with other people. You have mm-hmm. so many ways. You exactly. Do it. It's like, let's go jump out of a plane together. Let's, mm-hmm. um, let's not live together for a couple months and see how that feels. Like exactly. There's, there's like, there's a lot of, let's get a dog. Table. <laughs> let's, let's have a baby. <laughs> oh, right. oh God. Uh. <laughs> or like, let's spend more time with our friends yeah. or yeah. let's, yeah. So I think that in terms of like giving people some, when people are asking, how do I open the relationship? I do try to relate it to these ways that um, their relationship may be um, ready for like a little bit of a, a change mm-hmm. and and that it's okay to give things a try like and be like let's try this out for six months if if we if we're horrible at it <laughs> if right. we mm-hmm. if we are like um not feeling good about it let's reevaluate mm-hmm. you know there's so I, I remind people you don't have to like decide to forever right yeah. you don't have to commit to forever um until until it like crashes and burns mm-hmm. like at any moment you can say you know, this is starting to feel like more than I have the capacity to do. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just be just us for like a month? And I've done that in a relationship. Like we were both dating other people, but we were having a really hard time with it. And it was causing it, you know, it was causing more pain than it was like exciting and, and, and like fulfilling us. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, let's, let's come back to us for mm-hmm. like a month. And, and, and then once we had that time with each other, like the next time that we like branched back out, we were, we were more ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that's how I like to remind people don't, don't feel like it's forever. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be. And then I have my last question, which is like, how do you best want to communicate with each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of what you were talking about. Like, do you want to hear about dates? Um, do you, would you want to know details? Would you prefer that, um, we not share like these details, but you want to know maybe a week in advance if I'm doing something with someone else or, you know, it, it gets into all like the more logistical stuff. Right. So, so we start with like, kind of like the, the bigger seeking desires. And then we move into kind of the more logistics around like, you know, executing this new strategy, right. in your relationship. <laughs> Yeah, okay. it can't just be theories. A lot right. of people like go into like the theories of like, oh, well, you know, theoretically, I'd really love to, um, you know, be with someone who could be as kinky with me as I feel. Um, and I know that's not really your jam and that we don't have to we don't have to be kinky together, but I'd love that. But if you're not actually like 
really thinking through like what does it mean around communicating marks on bodies what does it mean like getting tested like you know you really you do have to put that work in and Mm -hmm. and so then there's the people that are like oh that's too much work but if you're not willing to put the work in then yeah you don't get the benefits you don't get the magic that's a really good point too to being non-monogamous you have to think about fluid bonded safety if you're yes Mm -hmm. if you're going to be safe if you're i mean that's a whole nother very important detail to work out with the logistics. Oh my gosh, yeah, yes. Br- breaking down all the different things of, yeah, just the different types of touch that are you're comfortable with. I like I like the hard versus soft right. not of genitals, but hard hard boundary versus soft boundary. <laughs> I like hard and soft too. I like both. I like hard um, and soft genitals. I like it. I like all. hard and soft like boundaries. <laughs> yeah, soft is good for grinding. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, hard can be good for grinding too. Anyways, it's um, all doable. But I, I think that's helpful though. Yeah, and I've, you worked on that with cus- customers, clients as well. <laughs> How, like, what are your needs? How far do you, what is your perfect picture of how far you want to go? And then how much can you bend? And it's the same right. thing, like a soft versus a hard boundary. I think yeah. Cool. Ooh, and this is where we start to move into, like, not just communication, but the deeper parts of communication, which is the negotiation. I love negotiation. Yeah. So I will trade you five goats for one chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lot of negotiation because mm-hmm. it's recognizing that. You know, 100% harmony, everyone happy all the time is not going to be possible, um, especially if you're in my spider web. You have to be ready for hard conversations. You have to be ready for feelings to come up. And and you have to be ready, in, in my particular way, like you have to be ready to share space with other people that I'm connected to. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of being connected to me. And um, so there is a lot of negotiation around that. Like, okay, um, this person that I'm dating is going to be here tonight, like, how would you feel comfortable like seeing us interact? And I give examples of negotiations all the time. Like I'm okay with you seeking other partners and I'm not okay with those people being my friends. Mm -hmm. Like they need to be outside of our friend circle Mm -hmm. or, you know, I feel good about you having sex with other people, but I'm actually not interested in hearing any of the details. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to form other emotional attachments and I'd like to explore physical intimacy with others. So, I encourage people when they're negotiating, you can't just say like, I'm okay with this or I'm not okay with that. Like try to put them into pairs with each other Mm -hmm. so that people can understand those hard and soft boundaries. So it's not just like, oh, these are all the things that are off the table. These are all the things that are on the table. It's like, okay, uh, these are, it, it kind of shows more of like the relationship between what we want and what we're not ready for, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What my partner and I uh, have, done all kinds of things we've done oh we had to say we've done cheating we've done uh, open we've done unethical polyamory with all kinds of fucked upness <laughs> and um and monogamy and then shameless. broken up and then yeah shameless we've done all the things and, and we've been monogamous for the last um last two years and are talking about opening up to uh play parties and to play with either other coupled people but not fully swinging not like swapping i don't know it's we're, we're playing with the ideas and so we were negotiating what the boundaries would be before we went to this potential play party that actually wasn't a play party. Um, but And so one converse in, in terms of negotiation, mm-hmm. we were talking about, okay, so I'm, I feel, obviously for us, we were like, you know, making out feels really, really comfortable with other people and we, when we're in the same room and um, hands going all over the bodies. Right. And I was like, hmm, how, what about genitals? I'm not getting a definitely not getting a big yes as we start to dip our toes in here on mm-hmm. penetrative sex or oral sex to start 
hands, I'm getting like a little, I have like, like a, a maybe. softer. I have softer. a maybe. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's kind of like, here's a no, here's a maybe, here's a uh, yes. yes. And then my partner was like, well, for me, when I get really turned on, um, genitals, are having you know, just a hand on genitals feel is is kind of important to me. It's a kind of a part mm. of the process. And for and and I had a little room to bend with that. He was getting more of a yes. I was getting less, but I was like, all right, it brings up some stuff for me and I'm feeling comfortable with it. Still didn't have yet to exercise this, everyone, but if we did, <laughs> the, the conversation. Nice. And that, I mean, that is the first part to it. But and it was fun. The com- Those conversations yes. can be fun. I mean, they can also be heavy, but it was it was just having that taught us mm. a lot. and was You learn so much about your partner when you talk about their boundaries mm-hmm. and, and their boundaries outside of your relationship. And you learn a lot about what they like and what they're comfortable with and it's it's actually fast like for me some of some of the most learning I've done about my partner is when they're opening up to me about what they're going through in their other relationships and and I am there for them mm-hmm. and I feel like we like transcend this like we transcend this like script in society mm-hmm. of how we're supposed to be and I like feel us like like Rising, and rising. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like supporting my partner through a breakup right now, and mm. and I'm here for them, and 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 it's not it's not weird, it's not wrong, it's it's exactly where I should be, and I love it, and I love being there for that. So I think that was also important that you got mm. to hear from your partner, like, oh, a hand on genital is more important than I, yeah, I thought. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. like I'm getting a huge yes for that, and it's yeah, it's a big part of the of the connection piece mm-hmm. for me, and for me. For me, uh, yeah, I yeah, I like that, and I mean, yeah, and I, I know negotiation can be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Are there any other? I mean, then so negotiation for th- ways. So we're kind of essentially diving now into what works, you know, right? How to, mm-hmm. uh, so negotiation is a huge, a huge, probably like the process. biggest yeah. piece of it. And I yeah. have a fun way of working with negotiation that I kind of like came up with like twenty minutes before I taught this class <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> it was like it was my first time teaching the class, and I'm like, how can I make negotiation not seem like this like weird business transaction? Mm. Like, how can I make it fun? Like something that you want to do with someone rather than, oh, we have to go negotiate before this date or play party or you know trip with people you know it's so how do I make it fun and and I thought well who doesn't love pizza right (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I mean I know April's partner shout out to the you know there's there's vegan and gluten-free pizza too so crust pizza cauliflower crust there's all types of kinds of pizza but ultimately when I was thinking about it I was like negotiating to me feels like ordering a pizza with another person or or multiple people you know sometimes there's you're in triads right Mm. um so I think about when it comes to ordering a pizza like there's some things that you have to be on the same page about and there's some things that you can actually mix up and not necessarily have to both like agree on Mm -hmm. um and that and this is like it's like a beautiful metaphor for negotiating a relationship surprisingly um so the things that you have to be on the same page about is the crust of the pizza Mm -hmm. and i imagine the crust being like the type of relationship whether we're going to be swingers whether we're going to be polyamorous whether we're going to be monogamish right um and it's same with like ordering a regular pizza. Like you can't have a half gluten-free, half cauliflower, half white wheat crust. Like you yeah. have to like be like, what are we going to do? Are we doing white? Are we doing wheat? Are we doing mm-hmm. gluten-free, right? And ultimately, if you're having a hard time like coming on the same page with the crust, like you might have to order different pizzas mm-hmm. ultimately, right? Yeah. But then we get to the toppings part, right? We get to the (laughs) toppings and this is where it's exciting, right? Uh The toppings are fun because then you're like, oh, I really want pepperoni. I really want mushroom. And someone's like, oh, I I don't really like mushroom. Can we do half mushroom? And then I can have what I want on my side. So we think about the toppings. I imagine that being like what we want and need out of relationships. Like, and I, I, 
say some of the toppings could be like having weekly check-ins or having to meet the person before a date or um, having words of affirmations, right? So maybe you want words of affirmation all over the pizza on both sides or on three sides. Everyone wants that. Um, but maybe some people need less of um, checking in and more um, affirmation or some people need less um, intimate details and more like just um, debriefing after, you know, like, and this is where you can recognize, oh, we don't all need to have the same toppings. We don't all need to like need the same exact things in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But what we do need is to be foundationally, we, we need that same crust. Mm -hmm. um, so I have people, you know, get into groups and really think about like ordering your pizza together and and you notice that sometimes it's hard and you and that's the practice of negotiation is you can try like a topping that you never tried before and then either order it again like, or oh my God, I got an allergic reaction. Yeah. Right? That was not exactly. Working. And right. and it acknowledges that you can order another pizza. Right. You uh -huh. can throw that pizza away. It's like coming back to this idea that like once you commit to a boundary, it's not a boundary forever. Like I can't even explain how many times a boundary has been put in place. And then after like a month or two, my partner will be like, you know what? I've grown more comfortable with your other partner. And now I'm okay with seeing you hold hands when we're all together. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's not about me like pushing the pizza to change at all. I'm like, okay, if we're, if we're with this pizza right now, I'm eating it and I'm enjoying it with you and I'm present. And at any point, like we can order a new one. So so for any of you listening out there who needed like a fun way to imagine negotiation, this is this is this you know what this came to twenty minutes before work. Twenty minutes good. before my class, this I know. I was like, I need to make this fun. Do you this know is what brilliant. goes really good with pizza though? <laughs> Tell me. Wine. Ooh. I was gonna say beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a wine really? person. Oh. And I mean, I want to touch more on this pizza, but I thought this would be a perfect time to take yes. a sip of Margin's wine. Or with we your pizza. can also add the concept of wine to somehow fit into your right? pizza thing. Like, like anyways, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> First, we have to drink the wine, right? Yeah, yeah. So, have you had Margin's wine before? I haven't, but so I you're really gonna have like to bring color. this back to Philly because you're moving back to Philly. I am, and we're drinking the Cab Franc right now, which mm. is the 2017 Cab Franc grown in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Megan Bell is a winemaker; yes. she's unbelievable. Woman owner. Very talented winemaker. It's been and breathing. We were gonna do an on-air taste test yes. for the first time. Yes. So we want your reaction. Taste away. Here we go. Cheers. We can cheers. do cheers. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> okay. Mm. What are you getting from that? Ooh. Mm. That was like exciting and tart, but also smooth. Yeah. yeah. This is your first and Amy, what do you get? It's um, one. I'm so bad with these words, but I, I <laughs> the tart. When you said tart, the tart resonated with me, and also um, earthy. Yeah, there's earthy. Yeah. There's a little berry. You mm -hmm. get some berry. You get yes. almost a little chocolate hint of chocolate oh. after you swallow on the the finish. Uh, so mm. if you all haven't had Margins Love Wine, it. you can actually mm. use the code SHAMELESSSEX10 to get 10% off on three or more bottles on MarginsWine.com. SHAMELESSSEX15 gives you. 15% off six or more bottles. Mm. Check it out. Go to marginswine.com and get boutique wine I taste that chocolate made in Santa Cruz. Yeah, that's good. And check out that Cab Franc. Oh, it's delicious. So, and pair it with your pizza. And if you didn't know about raw wine, it's like it's it's as organic as it gets, it's everyone. True. So it's no you, sulfites up in there unless they're naturally occurring. They don't put any of that shit. And all in the it. grapes are hand picked, not by a machine. So when you add wine to your pizza, what um, happens then? What does that even mean? <laughs> I was trying as you were saying that, I was like, what about the cheese? And what about the well, sauces? Topping, right? They're all toppings. Oh yeah. yeah. I the love that. So if anyone ever yeah. uses that is their, really good. the pizza analogy when they're 
teaching about relationships, you better quote Jamie Joy over here. <laughs> Don't try to make it yours. You <laughs> trademark that. That's pizza. it's pretty brilliant. It Thank is really you. brilliant. I just ultimately think that um, I think the idea that every like that relationships are hard and that communication is is like a mood killer we have to like you know we have to start to disrupt those narratives a different paradigm that's like yeah being like you know what communicating with your partners about sex about relationships it should be um it should be something that you want to do like you know i think it's a really old school way to think where the the whole like communicating is an overkill right or relationships are the are they should be easy that whole thing Ugh. i used to have mm -hmm. I, honestly i used to think that back in when i was in my teens and early 20s that they should be easy that sh they should be easy and when people were like relationships are hard they're like so much work i was always like oh that sounds terrible and now i'm like wait they're work but in a good way because you're getting to a place where mm -hmm. you're comfortable and you're obviously happiness is from within but you want someone to support you in all of your journey, whether it's right. with non-monogamy, whether it's with being polyamorous, whether it's with just being monogamous. It's okay. Or monogamish. Let's try this for a mm -hmm. week and see how try it goes. It on. Order it, a pizza. And, and order that Relationships pizza. Are, are always work, but the work isn't always exhausting. It's exhausting when you're resisting the work. Oh, or yeah. you're going resentful towards you, it too. Or yeah, yeah. If, you're, like, if you're saying they shouldn't be, why are we doing this? Why are we fighting? then it's exhausting. Or if you're going in circles and no one is working on themselves, yes. then it's exhausting. And the thing is, if, if you have two different scenarios, if there's two partners in a relationship that's mostly monogamous and one person is trying to order this pizza mm -hmm. over and over again and the other one's just not seeing you and this pizza foundation find someone that likes the same pizza as you move on let's not this is exactly what we talked about yeah yeah because someone you know someone in one of my classes kept asking you know but what if um like the like we can't agree on the pizza you know and it, we just keep coming back to and we still can't agree and then someone else in the class was like maybe you order separate pizzas mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know maybe you do you know and you become and friends yeah, you, you, or you or you just move <laughs> on, you know. Yeah. Your pizza, I don't like your pizza very much. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it's again like reminding yourself about like how important that foundation is, and what I said in the beginning about if you have very different ideas about what being open is, I really encourage you to not like use open and and then not explain what open means to you mm -hmm. because you will get caught up in the the stuff that I've been. <laughs> the stuff that I've experienced is, which is I come to a partner and I'm like, I thought you were okay with this. I thought we were open. And the person's like, you didn't ask me what that meant to me. Mm -hmm. um, you just assumed that because we're open, yeah. every, you know, and, ambiguous. And, right. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's something that I think is another um, kind of like culture shamey thing around non-monogamy is the idea that, um, that anything goes anything goes right exactly. where they're like well i thought that was okay to right you have to communicate right about what's happening yeah and there is such thing as relationship anarchy right oh, yeah yeah, yeah I, had that, you know, I had that on my notes do you want to talk about that <laughs> to tell people what that is yeah especially because you know we're in santa cruz so we we get to experience all, all the, of it all the <laughs> all the weird like you alternative countercultural lifestyles yeah and so there's definitely um along with people being monogamish there's also this idea of relationship anarchy which is um not really wanting to fall into the habit of like labeling every relationship and just kind of allowing connections to be what they are um and that can definitely be workable with communication um i've also seen people be solo poly where they're like 
you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm independent. I got my own apartment. I got my own dog, whatever. And I date and I don't really have to check in with people. I'm not committed to one person. I'm kind of like, there's no primary, secondary, no, primary, tertiary, secondary, no yeah. hierarchies. So, so solo poly can be really fun for people who are looking to, um, explore and learn a lot about themselves through relationships, but not necessarily having to, um, be like in this like full blown committed long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of I like ways. I've never heard yeah. that term solo poly. Solo poly. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. Going stag poly oh, style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Lots of course of the, the question that always comes when we're having these conversations is, but what do I do about my jealousy? Mm-hmm. Right? No, oh I, I could, I was Stop getting it. there as well. I, 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 I read I, your I, minds now. Yeah, you did mm-hmm. for sure. Stuff it in a box and never look, never at talk it. about Pretend it. Go punch like a pillow. It's not, there. It's not <laughs> normal. I'm going to punch this pillow. No, obviously <laughs> Go cry not. in the shower. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so wrong with me? believe it or not, I've, 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 um, I've actually been, um, processing quite a bit of jealousy recently because two of the people that I'm dating just hooked up this past weekend and um they hooked up with each other they hooked up with each oh. other yeah and you introduced them i introduced Damn them it. <laughs> <laughs> and um and so i had all these feelings come up around like kind of this like fomo like i'm like wait like what about me, what about me? you know and 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 they're like jamie we can connect without you you know like <laughs> we can have our own connections right and i'm like yeah but, but, but what about I me <laughs> i want to play too it's like, like being on the playground and then you have this two different friends you're close yeah, to both yeah. And then they connect, and you're like, exactly. Oh shit! Now you're hanging out without me. You're having yeah. play dates without me. Literally play dates. Yeah, you know, yeah. literally. Yeah. Um, so, so working through jealousy is, I think, you know, one of the. It's it's kind of like the final piece. Like we talked about understanding and being on the same page with language, and then communicating, negotiating. But then the if you're not ready to work through your jealousy, you you're not ready for this. Um, I don't know if you'd be ready for any relationships because uh, jealousy comes up in. You can never leave the house ever. Right. <laughs> you have yeah. to stay here you with me. You are my property. You are my property. <laughs> right. There's, so there's all this like. Did really you meet a girl at the grocery stuff. store today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that checkout. I, I'm putting a leash on you. Yeah. That's so right. not healthy. And we see that in all of media. We do. All uh-huh. over culture. You listen to the like any love song. Mm-hmm. All the love songs are like so like you have to be with me you're the yeah. only like you're mine and forever yeah and there's even this yeah. song um what is it it's like now that i've got you in my embrace i won't let go of you i don't know it's yeah, like there's so I many pop songs yeah. that are like literally i've got you chained to me and i'm like whoa yeah <laughs> like, or like there's a tear in my beer because i'm crying like, for your dear no. i'm in but if it's kinky i'm in but if it's controlling yeah. can we check in yeah. <laughs> yeah um so i think the media does a huge part of this so one of my first tips to working through jealousy is to start to let go of that shame mm-hmm shameless sex podcast shameless (laughs) because jealousy does come from shame or the fear of not being good enough or like that is worthiness it's a worthiness worthiness thing but the idea that that jealousy is a bad thing that we shouldn't feel it there's something wrong with it Mm -hmm. we need to get rid of it is that is from shame that is from conditioning Mm -hmm. everyone feels Mm -hmm. it like the most poly of poly person still feels jealous exactly and so yeah and i'm here to say that I'm in multiple relationships and I, and I did experience jealousy with these two people sleeping together. And, and, um, so I had to kind of, yeah, I had to recognize that a lot of my shame and a lot of the guilt we experience around being open around following some of our desires is a product 
of this very monogamous centric society. All those things I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, the, all the negative assumptions people make about people. So first tip, start to let go of that shame and recognize that it's not coming from you being a bad person, you being a sinner, but you're, you're, you're like taking that on, you're taking on society's crap, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was just actually talking earlier to a friend about how, um, the idea of like, um, not being faithful to one person has been like punishable by death or mm-hmm. like still, crime. Is, still is in yeah. Saudi Arabia in many places and uh some, yeah stoning yeah yeah and so in all I feel like in all cultures it, I'm sorry isn't adultery still illegal in some states here isn't um, that? I think so I actually think it is in some I think it is yeah uh, but I I think that those they are some of the cons- to death but it's like could be a felony basically. yeah so, so is anal is illegal in some states right sodomy right so mm-hmm. there's all these like laws and punishment around sex and it's really just to control our bodies. So totally. recognizing that any of this shame and guilt you're feeling isn't actually about you being a bad person or your wants and desires being wrong inherently. It's just a product of society. And so once we move from that, um, we go into my second um, tip around working through jealousy, which is to um, really practice speaking about your desires without fear. Um, and what I mean by that is like feeling confident to tell someone you're dating, like I'm having, um, an attraction to someone in my life, or I'm really wanting to have sex with X name or, um, or, um, really just communicating a desire without having like fear be kind of looped into the tone. And ultimately when you're sharing an experience with a partner and you're starting to sound nervous, that nervousness and that fear just like transmits to the partner. So I know that, you know, when, when someone I'm dating has come to me to like, tell me like, Oh, like, um, I wanted to let you know about this new person I'm starting to catch feelings for. Um, when they're not sharing that with catch feelings, (laughs) catching, I I caught on. Um, but when you're not, when you're, when you're being really nervous and really fearful about sharing it to your partner, then I'm like, is there something I should be nervous about? Is there something that I should you're be creating fearful that of? energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like transmitting this energy to me where I'm like, now I, now I'm nervous. Like, are you not telling me the whole truth? Are you like, wh- are you afraid to tell me something? Are you hiding something? So I know that when I've come to a partner with this confidence of like, yeah, I'm starting to, um, be attracted to a new person. I wanted to let you know, because there's nothing to fear because I'm telling you everything. I'm, this is, this is all on the table. Like mm-hmm. transparency is is here and it's it's alive and well. And so that's um, really important. And, and of course, if you have boundaries around, I don't want to hear details, um, you negotiate that. But bringing fear into your communications, just like it just transmits, mm-hmm. I think, to it's your partners. It's easier said than done because it, it can be heavy, right? Right. Especially if you've had some sort of interaction with your partner and they're, less than excited to hear this information. Yeah. However, it's it's important I think to come not to to come into to inside yes. and, and come aware of your own needs and yeah. know that this is you having your own needs met and remembering that you're almost doing them an injustice by by being in a relationship where your needs aren't being met or, or communicated. I'm I'm glad you said that because I, I, I think that that's so important mm-hmm. that if you're feeling a thing, you're feeling jealousy, you're feeling some sort of intensity, or you're feeling feelings for someone else, and you want need to talk to your partner about, it, and you're feeling fear, 
Right. To not just go there and be like, oh, oh God, I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> exactly. You know, go be with yourself. Mm-hmm. Go get centered. Go ground down and mm-hmm. get really clear. Even if it takes a day or two, go write, go meditate, go talk to your friends, go listen to some podcasts. Right. Really get in <laughs> Do your write, center. Write down. I, like, it's so important to get yeah. clear. You can even write down and read that same thing. But, but Bullet points. you go to them with the <laughs> reactive, <laughs> shaky, fearful place, yeah. tend to you and calm your system and then move from that place. Because right they will magnetize and show up in that same way. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll be able to match that. And that's beautiful. Yeah. That's exactly what I try to encourage people to do is that if you're feeling super fearful around starting the conversation, continuing it, opening up, um, then, then take that time for yourself and, mm-hmm. and wait till I know for me, um, when I have my ideas really clearly like, um, thought out, not just in my head, but I like writing stuff you like down. Like practice yeah. it too. Like, yeah, I like okay. to write stuff down, yeah. and and and, um, and that way, um, I'm I I'm not like kind of stumbling and feeling nervous and creating this energy with that partner that causes them. And that actually goes right into my my third tip. There's four in total, um, but my third tip is to process outside of your relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you very go. important. I say process outside the web because it's my web. But if it's your ocean or your bird, bird nest, nest. <laughs> <laughs> then you process outside of that. But what you can't do is like feel all your emotions and then immediately take them and dump them on the partner around. I'm jealous that you did this thing. And, yeah, when and you do the, oh. the blame game, where you're like, yeah. you did this, you made me feel and then you way. made me feel this way. way. Yeah. I always say I have a board of directors, even though that's very businessy, but like, I think everyone has some type of board of directors, and the people that you rely on right. for information, especially those that aren't, you're usually not related to, mm-hmm. the people that you trust and you respect, and I have like, and it's good to have an odd number because if it's even and it's split, you'd be like, damn it, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. But just to process even with those folks, mm-hmm. Amy, you're on my board. You're on my board too, Chip. Oh yeah, Aww. thanks. <laughs> I've got a good board too. And and so I, c- I come to my board and, and <laughs> I love yeah. that. I want to use that. Yeah. I, come, I come to my board of directors and I'm like, okay, this, you know, this happened this weekend. Two of my partners slept with each other. I'm having a lot of jealousy come up and I'm starting to feel angry. And when I think about communicating with them, the things that I want to say I don't actually want to say. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, They're I mean. want to get mean. Or I know. you're like, how does this sound when yeah. I say it? I was like, no, 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 board director. No, 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 don't, don't no. We're yeah. going to veto that. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of this. vetoes. Yeah. I get a lot of like reading text out loud. No, don't text that. Like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. so I think it's so important to do some of your processing outside of that relationship or relationships um, because ultimately it's, you can't put the responsibility on a partner to, um, have to process your emotions for you Mm -hmm. it's just not it's not fair no it's not yeah and 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 that actually leads to my final tip which is the last tip um and the the final tip is really naming the emotion and so this is where we've gotten to the point where you know we're letting go of shame we're starting to speak without fear we're processing our jealousy with our board of directors but then when you actually come to your partner um, rather than saying, I'm jealous, foot down, period, tantrum, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than just ending it there, I like to say, I'm jealous, and it's because of fear. It's because of insecurity. It's because of loneliness. And I'm um, coming from love in this conversation. Right. I have fear in talking to you about this because yeah. I want to hurt naming, you. That's usually where it comes from. Naming all of the emotions, right? right? Rather than, because for me, just saying, I'm jealous, period, 
is actually a little bit of a cop out mm. in some ways it's it's some ways jealousy to me is this like secondary emotion go deeper why where is that coming go from? deeper go yeah. why right so se- like jealousy is a secondary emotion it stems from fear it stems from loneliness worthiness. it stems from anger mm-hmm. worthiness right so if you're not going deeper you're you're not actually processing the jealousy mm-hmm. if you say i'm jealous period you're not going anywhere with that conversation, right? It was what you were saying earlier mm-hmm. about being in that loop, right? Mm-hmm. So I like to say, you know, I'm feeling jealous because um, I have this like fear of being left out and mm-hmm. being abandoned. And when you two get together and you two had sex without me, I felt, I felt like the the kid on the playground yeah. left out, right? Yeah, and not um, invited to the party. Yeah, and maybe if you all had maybe sent me an affirmation before or after and let me know that you still loved me or had plans with me. You that did this. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like maybe if you had like given me some affirmation around it, then um, then it, it would have been um, helpful, you know? So And so I don't, it's really important for me to name my emotions and then not just be like, oh, you did this thing, you can't do better again. Mm-hmm. I like to be like, yeah, I think if you had... Or like maybe next time, right, if you had given some more affirmation or maybe communicated to me, gave me a heads up, right? Um, I What I don't like to do is um, like not process the emotions fully through. Like I, I you can't like stop, stop like halfway through the processing and be like, okay, all these emotions are too much. I, I don't want to um, keep like um, delving into them. I want to stop here. Then, then you're not actually like, following through on the commitment you've made to a lover or a partner, which mm-hmm. is to be honest, yeah. right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think if we put it into nonviolent communication, it's just like you two came together and went on a date. Fact. <laughs> I felt <laughs> this. I felt, I felt sad. sad. I felt wounded. Yeah, I felt yeah. hurt. Um, because I have a need to feel included. Yeah. And my request is that in the future, you just send me some words of affirmation. You can continue to have mm-hmm. fun. Just let me know that you care about me. And yeah. love the per- people enough to have them go through their experience with that person, not to be like, you can never see them again because you're con- that's controlling. Mm-hmm. And that right. is also... And everyone wants to do what they're told not to do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> never. And I've literally thought about all that when I was like going through my anger phase yeah. of my jealousy. Because you I also want to like, push the boundaries to see how much worth you have to these people. Right. That at least is my, would be my process, right? Be like, how much do you love me? If you love me that much, you'll never see them again. That's the weak, lower, Whoa. me being yeah. my low self. And right? that's when... Yeah. We, yeah. And that's when we're in that stage, that's when I... T- tell myself don't reach out take space yeah. cool down you know Round like down. I have come from your highest self mm-hmm. what's the goodness and and i'm learning that that's mm-hmm. so much just in daily interactions with my partner you know closely which yeah. is come from my higher self what am i trying to achieve sometimes when i say reactionary things and i can be <laughs> very reactionary oh, yes no, so i have I definitely a big old asshole i've set up my i've set up a process for me to be like, okay, what do I need right now? Um, we need to we need to walk away. We need to cool off. Um, we need to process outside our web. Um, let's come back to each other once we can name our emotions. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you're sometimes if the jealousy is really consuming, it might be a mix of fear and insecur- it might be a mix of so many emotions that you do need to take some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so process. those are those are tips that I give people because that's always the question that comes up. People mm-hmm. are always like, I can't be non-monogamous or polyamorous because of jealousy, period. Mm-hmm. And I said, well... Then no one would be able to be because everyone experiences it. Exactly. And I'm like, well, if you are always putting a period at the end of jealousy, then you are not honestly being real with yourself. Mm-hmm. And 
I want people. Uh, that's what I want in life. I want more authenticity. I think you know, that's a good final final message from you mm-hmm. because that's true. If come on, like if we all worked through and we're more upfront, and I can speak for myself, I know that I'm not all the time in 100% authenticity because I'm like I want to be the cool girl, the cool friend, the cool partner that right. just is so chill, yeah. down with it. But that's bullshit half the time where I'm like, yeah. no, I'm really sad. I'm really hurt by that. So well, when, and on that note, just to kind of finalize that that piece that you're saying I want to add to it that um I think some of the greater work isn't even about your partnership like the w- if jealousy is a huge mm. thing for you it's bringing up a lot of worthiness stuff um the work is for you to learn to work on your lear- worthiness stuff with a therapist or on your own somehow yeah is not even necessarily related to relationship or to monogamy mm-hmm. or non-monogamy at all is just learning stuff. to fill your own cup and to not mm-hmm. com- be comparing yourself and think decide that you're not lovable because someone is interested in, in some aspect of someone else and because you might be different from that there's something wrong or you're broken. Right. I just went over this with this. one of my friends who actually was broken up with her husband was uh, in a very spicy kind of affair with a work friend. And she came to me and was like, I'm addicted to this person. And I was like, you need to learn how to fill your own cup. And she got back together with her husband, but was still in communication. And I suggested um, Elise's S factor class. And Mm. she went and now she's, she texted me and was like, I'm addicted. Thank you. I'm starting to learn how to fill my own cup. That's absolutely it. it Validating yourself. Because she was finding validation outside of, this relationship and she went back because it was secure and then she was still in communication. I was like, look, you need to cut it if you're walking on, you know, unless he wants to open up the relationship for you, which he wasn't um, into doing. So just saying it's important to find your own power with whatever it is. It could be yoga. It could be going on hikes by yourself. It could be meditation. It could be, it could be therapy. (laughs) There's so (laughs) many books about it, like learning, painting. I don't know, a million different ways to learn how to please yourself. But learning how to just you let your own have fire. to feel like your own person really outside do. of a relationship, and and that's ultimately, I think a, a kind of like a polyamorous principle is being mm-hmm. your own person outside of a relationship, not seeing yourself as like a unit or like only an us. Or mm-hmm. and it is you know when we go back to thinking about the benefits, and you know just to kind of have that final piece of empowerment, right? Mm-hmm. Is that um, it ultimately is an opportunity to really explore who you are and your own validation and power as like yourself and not Mm. as like the partner to someone or the wife or the lover to someone. And that's ultimately what I, what I seek in my life and what I seek in my partnerships is that we see each other as these, these, these agents of our own, you know, of our own choice. Mm. Um, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, This I, I love this episode. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks for having work, me. Can people work with you? Yeah. Yes. How and can they find you? How can you find me? So I love that um, the podcast that we did in like 2017, mm-hmm. a year later, someone from like Missouri reached out to me nice. and was like, I listened to this and, and it made my relationship better. So mm-hmm. please, if you want to contact me and connect with me um, right now, I'm, I'm only on email, but I'm, I'm I swear I'm going to be cool the soon e- and go on email. Instagram. Yeah. Calling it the email. You're like, the I'm going to get on the Instagram at I'm some point. <laughs> I know. I swear I'm, I swear I'm young and hip and cool, but um, so you can actually contact me at my email, which is Jamie joy rainbows. Um, 
J-A-M-I-E-J-O-Y, rainbows, at gmail.com. Send me a message, and if you want more resources, I can send you the things that have helped me, blogs, videos, books. I won't get into it on the podcast, um, but there's a lot of resources out there, and there's support groups, and there are forums, and there's people that want to support you in your relationships, I promise. So please reach out if you need any support with this. Um, You don't have to explore um, any of this alone. Mm. And then you do, you teach sex ed workshops. I know you teach at Pure Pleasure. Um, Mm -hmm. What if people wanted to fly you out to their city for you to teach? Ah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, so my social security number is, (laughs) (laughs) this is how you can book my flight for me, my date of birth. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I'm hoping um, now that I'm um, kind of moving my, my, my home base out of Santa Cruz and moving to the East Coast, I have hopes and dreams of teaching more of these classes around, around the whole country. So I would love if anyone wants to invite me to teach. I I teach on a number of classes and this is just one of them. Um, And you can email me also. And I will actually be driving across the country in March and I would love to visit your shops and meet you you and say hi and like it look at your toys and (laughs) do all that fun stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm reachable in a number of ways and I'm here to um, just be kind of like a, a role model for like complex, but also challenging, rewarding relationships. Awesome. Yes. That's great. That. This is a great episode. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Thank, Thank you for you. taking the time. You're so awesome, Jamie. And if Thank we're you, out April. on the East Coast, we'll have to do another show in person because in-person shows are so fun. They're Come to best. Philly. I love really Philly. Can drink the wine, which we I, drink I the wine. That I love this wine. Take another like, sip yeah. right now. I was like, I'm just going to take a little because it's only, it's two in the afternoon. it's so yummy. Well, we love our listeners and we hope you find your right relationship goal, whatever that looks like. And um, please, please take a minute right now or tomorrow or in the next hour and give us a five star rating on iTunes because it just helps more folks find us on iTunes. Um, The more ratings we get and we love feedback and sometimes we read them on the air and we just love you. So thank you, everybody, for being awesome. And thank you, Jamie, for being here with us. And we will see you all next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.